Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome in, Wisconsin. It is the Bill Michaels Show here on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in wherever you may be across the great state. I'm Radio Joe filling in for the big unit today. We continue on here. Got a lot to get to coming up here in the next three hours, including our conversation with Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, talking Packers with him at the bottom of this hour. Uh, top of the next hour, we will talk with Craig Kishon of Fox Sports Wisconsin, get his thoughts on the Bucks and a little Brewers as well. It's hard to believe that spring training is, what, like a month and a half away? You're feeling warm, aren't you? I'm kind of getting tired of that. Like when, when we go, are you? You got to be feeling warm. That spring training's around the corner. It'll. It probably doesn't get warm in this state until May, usually. Eh, anyway, I digress. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, and you can uh, check this guy out in what he does for Bet Sweats. It's the daily betting podcast. Uh, available weekdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time on Radio.com. He's also brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. Always a pleasure to be chatting with Ross Tucker. Ross, what's going on? Hey, Joe. How are you? I am doing well. So, to me, am I stating the obvious when I say that Aaron Rodgers is your winner of the 2020 MVP? Uh, yes, I think he is. Um, but I, you know, it's funny. I'm actually calling the Bills Colts game for Westwood One on Saturday, Joe. Okay. And I'd like to kind of go through, in my mind at least, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers, just because you read all these stats about Josh Allen and it's crazy. I mean, it, you know, they're thirteen and three, just like Green Bay. Um, you know, Josh Allen's the first player ever with 4,500 yards passing, 35-plus touchdown passes, five-plus rushing touchdowns. So I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. I think he will be the MVP. I guess I'm just wondering how close it should be in terms of the conversation, and I'm curious as to how many different years Josh Allen would have won it. 
Yeah, it really makes you wonder. Josh Allen is having one incredible season for Buffalo. There is no question. And and really, I mean, when you look at the next generation of quarterbacks in the National Football League, you have you have the new group. You have the new age. You know, obviously starting with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, but it just seems like we are really witnessing the changing of the guard. Like it's incredible what Aaron Rodgers is able to do at his age right now. But the NFL is transitioning. Mahomes, Allen, Lamar Jackson, like there are just so many talented quarterbacks, and it's really good for the league. Yeah, it kind of feels like there's not that many guys in the middle. So, in other words, you've got Rivers and Breeze and Brady are all, and, and Roethlisberger are all just about done. Rodgers probably isn't that far behind them. I know nobody wants to hear that, but I'm talking, you know, five years or less, right? You would imagine. Um, and then you've got all these young guys. You mentioned. Josh Allen, and I'll I'll throw Deshaun Watson in there with Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, even a guy like Justin Herbert, who was incredible this year as a rookie. It's really more the, you know, who are the guys from age 27 to 37? And I guess Russell Wilson is one, certainly. But it doesn't seem like there's that many guys with, like, six to – 12 years of experience. Uh, maybe Matt Ryan is in that category or Matthew Stafford, but certainly seems like there's, there's more at the top end, you know, the oldest age and the youngest age than there are in the middle. You mentioned Matthew Stafford, and I really wonder what the Detroit Lions are going to do with him. I, personally, for me, Ross, I think the Lions should just trade Stafford to a team that needs a quarterback and feels like that they have an opportunity to bounce back next year and win. How do you see that situation in Detroit? Do you think it makes a lot of sense moving Stafford? So my guess is is that Matthew Stafford would like to go somewhere else. I mean, he's seen, what, three or four now regime changes, head coach, GM. I think Matthew Stafford's probably, you know, eager to try something different. And I, I wouldn't blame him for that. And I think the Lions, whoever ends up being the new GM and head coach there, will certainly consider it. And I think there'd be some suitors for Matthew Stafford, certainly. But part of it is how much would you get in return for him? And then also, you know, if you're a head coach and GM, and you see that a lot of these guys only get two years nowadays, you know, maybe three, but you're really only getting two for sure. Are you sure that you want to trade away a top 15, maybe top 10 quarterback in the NFL who's, in his prime age-wise and has at least five years left, I'm not sure the first move I'm making is trading that away. Yeah, I just wonder, because I look at Detroit, and I just don't think they have enough pieces around Stafford where it's like, okay, you can you can make a change to GM and head coach, and you can just flip this thing with a snap of a finger. I, To me, in that, that situation right now, it just doesn't seem that way, and that's why I almost feel like the Lions should just go through this full rebuild and just move on. I mean, I feel bad for Stafford. Like, he certainly deserves a lot, a lot better. It leads me to my next question, Ross, and we'll get to some of these playoff matchups here in a second. But like of all the head coaching vacancies, if you were a if you were a guy trying to be a head coach somewhere, which team is the most intriguing to you? Um the Chargers probably. 
Chargers because you're going somewhere where for the next four years, you're going to have a stud quarterback on a rookie contract. Right. And they also have legitimate dudes at other very important positions. Joey Bosa as an edge rusher, Derwin James on the back end, Keenan Allen at receiver, Hunter Henry at tight end, Eckler at running back. I mean, you got a lot of pieces in place, but you have the most important one, which is a really good quarterback who's not making nearly what the other guys make. Yep, I totally agree with you. That's where I would pick, too. We're talking with Ross Tucker, a Radio.com NFL insider, here on the Bill Michaels Show. So let's talk about the matchup that you will be covering for Westwood One coming up this weekend, Buffalo in Indianapolis. Um, this, I mean, really, this, I, I love Buffalo. Like, I really do. And I think that is the team that could overthrow Patrick Mahomes and company with the Chiefs. But I also really like what the Indianapolis Colts have been doing, and Jonathan Taylor has been really coming along for them as of late. He has. Uh, it's funny, you know, just prepping. What Taylor has done the last few games is unbelievably impressive, and I'm sure trying to keep the ball away from Josh Allen and the Bills' explosive offense, that that's exactly what the Colts are going to do. I mean, they play a lot of two-deep zone they're going to try to not let Stephon Diggs or John Brown or McKenzie or any of these guys beat them over the top, make Josh Allen and the Bills prove they can be patient and, and convert, you know, eight, nine, ten play drives. And then conversely, I think they're going to try to keep the ball away from Josh Allen and the offense and just pound Jonathan Taylor with that excellent interior offensive line that the Colts have. So it's, it's going to be an awesome game. I, I think that game – as well as the Ravens-Titans are probably you know, my two favorite uh, games of the weekend. I just, I'm just i so fired up about both of them. Uh, the Bills, though, I mean, they've won six straight games by at least 10 points. You know, nobody scored more points than them in the month of December. I mean, it, like, the numbers are crazy. When you look at what the Bills have done, they are an absolute machine right now. And I understand the affinity because on some level, the Bills are, are, are like the AFC version of the Packers, or at least very similar, right? Like the stadium in Orchard Park is sort of like the stadium in, in Green Bay there. It's like right in the middle of a neighborhood. You know, it's almost like a college atmosphere. It's sort of a regional team. It's very cold. There's not a lot of other pro sports or other things. There's a lot of similarities between those two franchises. Again, talking with Ross Tucker, our radio.com NFL insider. I'll tell you who I feel really bad for, though, and that's Cleveland. I mean, th this was such a joyous moment for these guys. They get into the playoffs finally, and then we find out about COVID, and especially hitting the head coach, Kevin Stefanski. How much do you think that will impact this game against Pittsburgh coming up this weekend? Well, so we still got to see, you know, what else happens in terms of people testing positive right. as well as close contacts. But if we just go by what we know now, losing Stefanski hurts. I mean, in my mind, he's the coach of the year in the NFL. And he's not just the coach of the year. Uh, he's their play caller. He's their offensive play caller. And that's a big reason why they've been successful. I mean, their defense isn't very good. So it's kind of a double whammy with losing Stefanski. And then, the one offensive lineman that tested positive, Joel Batonio, he's their best old lineman. 
I mean, he's the best one they got. Yeah. And so they're not going to have him now. Remember, their second and third string guards have already gotten hurt. So now they got your fourth string guard going against Cam Hayward, who might be the best bull rusher in the NFL. It's just, it's asking a lot of the Browns to go in there and win. And I guess the flip side would be, hey, they got nothing to lose. Nobody thinks they'll win. And it would be a, an amazing story and accomplishment for them if they did win. Yeah, no question. Um, looking over to the NFC, obviously there's three games that um, could be very interesting You know, when it comes to an upset special between the Rams and the Seahawks, Buccaneers in Washington, and obviously the Chicago Bears taking on the Saints. Where do you think there could be a significant upset? Uh, I mean, the only one that I would consider a significant upset would be, I guess, Chicago beating the Saints or Washington beating the Bucks. And I don't, I don't really see either one of those happening. I, I guess I would say maybe Washington has a better chance than the Bears do, but I, I don't see that happening. And, and the Saints, I mean, and the Seahawks Rams, I don't really look at it as if that's a, uh, an upset either way. Although if golf doesn't play and it's this Walford kid, I think a lot of us would be surprised if the Rams won that game. Um, but I, my question for you, Joe, and yeah. that is how much do you think Packers fans are going to be rooting for Chicago, rooting for Washington, rooting for you know the L.A. Rams so that you can – perhaps not play Tom Brady and the Bucks in the divisional round? You know, it's a really good question. Like, Bill posed the Bears question on Monday. He just kind of threw it out there on Facebook. And for the most part, there were a lot of Packer fans that are like, yeah, just bring the Bears here. Let's go. Let's go. We'll beat them again. Um, some people don't want to see the Bears at all because they just don't respect the Bears. They don't even think the Bears deserve to be in the playoffs because they kind of got in by default. Um, as for some of these other teams, I, I think th- this is the thing with Packer Nation right now, Ross. Like, I, I think the majority of Packer Nation feels that the Packers, they can get to the Super Bowl this year because it's led by Aaron Rodgers, the MVP season he's had. There's an improved defense. But then also on the flip side of things, Packer Nation has been let down a lot over the last 10 years. There have been a lot of letdowns. There's been a lot of disappointments with 2011, 2014. So in some way, Packer fans don't want to get their hopes up too much, regardless of who they're facing, because there could be something goofy that happens in the game, and then the Packers get eliminated, and then we're all depressed again. Like There are some people that are prepared for that kind of letdown. So I I don't know. Like to me, To me, Ross, personally – I think the Packers can beat any of these NFC teams. Like, I think the Packers... No, I mean, they're, they're going to be favored, and I think they can as well. All I'm saying is, you know, if they have to play the Bucks, the way the Bucks and Tom Brady are playing right now, it's a heck of a first opponent. I mean, that's a heck of a first playoff game. I know it's divisional round and they got the bye, but that's, uh, that, that's no joke. I mean, I, look, I, I still think the Packers will be favored, and that they should and that they'd probably win the game. But you got to admit much more so than if you were playing against, you know, Washington or the bears or the Rams that people are going to be, people are going to be nervous if they see number 12, Tom Brady coming out that tunnel at Lambeau. But see, that's just the thing because 
a lot of people don't want to like take too much stock into what happened week five or week six, I should say, when the Packers went down to Tampa and got embarrassed. Like to me, I think the elements and Lambeau Field alone will change that game if that's what happens if the Buccaneers have to come up there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, not, I, there aren't many guys that have played in, in many colder games than Brady in all those playoff games in Foxborough in New England over the years. I don't think that's going to bother him that much. But it might bother the rest of the team. I, that, that's the thing. I mean, I would expect a very close game between those teams if that were to happen. And you bring up a really good point. I just I, the, the elements, it is totally different, and it's really helped the Packers here as of late. He is Ross Tucker, our Radio.com NFL insider. Ross, I could talk with you for another hour, but I know you have other things to do as well. Thank you so much as always, and we will talk again soon. Sounds great, Joe. See ya. Yep. See you later. There he is, Ross Tucker. He'll be on the call as well on Westwood One for Bills and Colts coming up this weekend. You can check out Ross's daily betting podcast, Bet Sweats, live every weekday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Central Time here on Radio.com. And he literally just got off his show and came on here. How about that? Also, Ross Tucker brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. You can drive a Mercedes-Benz van and find out how far an extra mile really goes. He joined us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider, they're hiring right now, 844 Pride or go to schneiderjobs.com. Aaron Rodgers had some very interesting things to say on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. You'll hear some of that next on the Bill Michaels Show. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. This segment of the Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. What's for dinner? Quick Trip's got you covered. Take-home meals prepared fresh in their kitchen, ready to heat and eat in yours. Choose from the options like fettuccine alfredo with chicken and so much more. That's our friends at Quick Trip. Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Show. You heard the voice of Bill there, but Bill is off today. I'm Radio Joe filling in. Thanks again, Ross Tucker, for joining us. Really good discussion there. And believe me, I would rather see Chicago or the Rams come to Lambeau before Tampa Bay. But I still think putting Tampa Bay at Lambeau with the elements will change some things. And certainly we will not expect the same blowout. Certainly. I I just I don't believe that at all. I think the Packers are a way better team than where they were back in week six. But again, that's a discussion perhaps for tomorrow. We shall see. Uh, let's continue on, though. Aaron Rodgers had a lot of, I mean, it's always great to hear, you know, a couple of days after the fact, he goes on the Pat McAfee show, and obviously that is where he feels very comfortable. Um, you know, he's boys with Pat McAfee. A.J. Hawk is on. By the way, A.J. Hawk will join us tomorrow on the show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but a lot, just a lot of great inside info including this one. This one I thought was really fascinating because when you think about it, you think about how cerebral Aaron Rodgers is as a quarterback and how he can get to the line of scrimmage and he is able to read every little thing that the defense is putting out there and he's able to adjust if need be. What helps him even more is 
he's also getting to listen more. And he can hear those conversations that the defense is having, especially if they don't feel comfortable with the coverage that they're going to put out there. So listen to this. This was the exchange between him and Pat McAfee talking about that touchdown, that deep shot touchdown to MVS where they had the most easiest matchup in the world, MVS going up against Danny Trevathan. Take a listen. On the MVS deep post totter, okay, um, you remember the play? Yeah. I do. You waited, okay, and this was in a series of events. You waited until zero on the play clock, okay, absolute zero. Uh, they seem to be showing a late blitz. When did you decide their blitz was coming? And when did you make the decision that MVS was the huck you were definitely going to? Because it seemed like you used literally the entire play clock, and it wasn't until the last second you're like, ah, got it, bang, touchdown happened immediately after. How does that all happen in your brain, and why do you get so close to delay of games so often? I think a lot of people would want to know. <laughs> well, the play, I think the reason for the, uh, the timing on the play was Robert Quinn was having a conversation with Trevathan during that play. And they couldn't decide what side he was supposed to be on. So I could tell that there was something that was a little messed up on defense. Now, the play actually called for Aaron Jones to motion back into the backfield, Devontae to widen back out, and then we had a concept, three-man concept on the right, and kind of a two-man concept um, with Devontae kind of backside by himself uh, to the backside. Um but I could tell I, – I really wanted them to maybe declare what they were doing because I knew there was some sort of pressure coming, and I was just trying to get the protection right. Now, after I could tell that this was kind of coming down to it, I decided to leave Jonesy out there. So I kind of gave him a, a left-hand stay and just tried to kind of quick snap it on him because it looked like that nobody uh, had – that there was confusion on who had three vertical to the other side. And three vertical for us was Marquez Valdez-Scanlon, who's – one of the faster players in the league. Um, and at the snap, I could tell that he was going to have a backer kind of drifting out to him. I knew that there was some sort of pressure coming from the backside because uh, why would they be kind of running out to two and three on the front side if there wasn't anything on the backside? So I just tried to beat uh, the defender Blitzen with a throw, and MBS did a really nice job of just running straight and then you know catching the ball uh, above his above his eyes there. And yeah, that's that was a good. Uh, Play for us. Oh man, football has to be so much fun for you, right? It just has to be so much fun. Oh, those two are talking to each other. Oh, what's going? Oh, you guys. Oh, one of them are f-ing up right now. Okay, let's go ahead and try to take advantage of that. That is incredible. That is just incredible to hear Aaron Rodgers just methodically break that whole thing down. Again, this is. I mean, he's he's the MVP this year, no question. And when you have that kind of intellect and you're able, I mean, again, it's not like he can sit there for five minutes and try to read what the Chicago Bears are doing. He only has, what, 30, 40 seconds, if that, depending on when he gets to the line. And he's I, he, he can just, he can read something with the snap of a finger. I just continue to be just blown away by just how intelligent this man really is. He is just brilliant. And he just, he knows what's coming. It's like, he, he's almost, and and you can look at his Instagram picture. I mean, it's a picture of him as a Jedi Knight. Like, he, he's got the force flowing through him. Like, he just knows what he can see. And then to be able to listen intently and to be watching everything. Wow. 
that is just so cool. Your quarterback is just unbelievable. And that is a really cool breakdown from Aaron Rodgers on how all of that you know, came to be. I mean, just really cool. And again, thank goodness MVS actually caught that ball. Uh, but that was really cool. The other big thing that came out of this, and we'll, we'll sh- showcase more of this later on in the show, but one of the big messages in the post-game press conference from Aaron, and it's it's just like the Cleveland Browns right now, COVID is hitting them. And no one knows if that game might be postponed a little bit so that team can regroup or if they're just going to play the guys that they have. But Aaron Rodgers' message to the team on this bye week was, "Don't get COVID." You talked to uh, I, I don't I don't know who you were interviewing with after the game. You had your headset on, then when you tried to take it off, the wire got stuck to your shoulder pad. You played it off super cool, and then he walked off. Uh, but I heard some of the things you said in that thing. Uh, <laughs> you did play super cool. You uh, at the end, you were told uh, basically, "What are you saying to your team or something?" Going in this bye week, and I don't know if you said, "Don't get COVID," or I just put that in. Uh, like I, I, I entered that myself. Don't get COVID. By the way, if you said don't get COVID on that interview post game on national television, you're my MVP forever. Not that you're not already, but if you said don't get COVID, that is maybe the most crucial part of this playoff run. We were talking about this with the Browns. The Browns head coach is out for 10 days because he tested positive. It's a 10 day sentence if you test positive right now automatically. No, that is going to be. A massive key of this entire playoff because you can miss two games potentially in a 10 day. I mean, it's it's a big deal, and Cleveland's dealing with it right now. Are you guys just locked down? That You have to be just locked down, huh? We're totally locked down. We're not going downtown. <laughs> you know, it's just, we're just uh, trying to hang out and stay out of, uh, stay out of the COVID list. No, look, I mean, nothing's really changed. I, I, I'm, I'm interested in, in how it happened in Cleveland because really nothing's changed from our daily routine. I mean, uh, you're still, you know, obviously going to work and practice and grocery store and whatever it might be, gas station, you know, doing the normal things you do every single week. I just wonder how something like that happens. Um, it's too bad. And I said it kind of tongue in cheek uh, after the game. I wasn't like some, you know, weird, uh, tyrannical, comment yeah i was hoping it was going to be like a speech listen up boys okay we got a bye week let's handle this okay let's not get covid team on three one two three team <laughs> that's why i thought it was like uh you know what i mean like an actual speech i was hoping uh no it wasn't but, but thanks thanks for the uh yeah the idea there i might uh spring that on us uh tomorrow maybe thursday <laughs> zoom call real heartfelt yeah like maybe like a patent speech but say covid like 32 times <laughs> aaron Rodgers. With Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk yesterday, we'll have more of that coming up later on in the show. But on the other side, we'll continue to talk Packers. Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, covering the Packers for a long time. We'll get his thoughts on the team and also get his thoughts on Leroy Butler being a finalist again for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That is coming up next. I'm Radio Joe Zanzola here on The Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Let the good times roll And I want these words to make things right But it's the wrongs that make the words come to life But who does he think he is? If that's the worst you got, better put your fingers back to the key Welcome back to the Bill Michaels Show. Thanks for tuning in today, Wisconsin. For those that don't know already, Leroy Butler, a finalist again 
the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That was announced yesterday afternoon. Some huge news. And we will talk about that as well as the Green Bay Packers as they sit and wait to see who they'll be facing in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. Talk more about it now on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Covering the Packers for a very long time. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Silverstein and writes for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. You can read all of his work there. He is Tom Silverstein. Tom, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Good, good. So let's start with Leroy Butler. Obviously, huge news again. I know you do a lot of stuff with Leroy for the Journal Sentinel as well. Um, The thing is, he is going up against some really stiff competition again, and it's just it's going to be very hard to see how this plays out and whether or not your colleague Pete Doherty can convince these voters that Leroy should be all should be in. I mean, we all we all feel that Leroy Butler should be wearing that gold jacket, but it's going to be very tough here over the next month. Yeah, it, it is uh, part of the problem. You know, I I, I wish some of the voters it's really not on pete's head to to convince them but you know if you do your research and and you know um butler was had way better numbers than john lynch who is kind of a favorite amongst a lot of people because you know he had some big hits and now he's a successful general manager and there's no comparison with him and Leroy and it really people need to uh, talk to scouts and coaches and, and do their homework because he was very well respected and feared uh, as a, as a playmaker in the NFL. So I don't know what it's going to take. You know, Probably, you know, we know Charles Woodson's going to be a slam dunk. Yep. So there's so many Packers in the Hall of Fame. Sometimes people tend to not want anymore. I don't know. It, it's just, it really is going to have to be people doing their homework to understand, uh, you know, what kind of player he was. Do you think Leroy gets in at some point? I I, I would like to think so. I would like to think that... Uh, there's enough people who uh, saw him play or did, like I said, did their homework and realized that he was a special player. He was a, he was a different player uh, for his era. And he sort of started the um, position of someone who could come up and be a blitzer, who could cover, who could do everything. Safety's, weren't really those type of players um, before he did it. And I, I I don't know what else can be said for him. So I, I, I wish I could predict one way or the, or the other. But, yeah, I guess I would say I, I would hope that he would get in, that I think he would he'll get in. Well, when you talk about a guy that's on the old decade team, I mean, how can you not have a gold jacket to go along with that? That just, To me, that just doesn't make any sense. So hopefully at some point Leroy is in, and hopefully it's sooner than later. We're talking with Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel here on the Bill Michaels Show. Um, this Packers team, Tom, has really elevated themselves here in the last couple of months, especially defensively. I mean, I wasn't really sure if this Packers defense could make strides 
And I mean, to me, I feel like that was going to make or break their chances of getting that number one seed. But really, the defense has taken that next step and they look so much better, especially being able to more so shut down the run. Well, I think they have uh, made a step, taken a step forward. I think there's no question about that. But I'm holding um, back on saying that they're uh, playoff ready. I, I still think that there's some they, – they have to prove it. They have to prove it against complete teams and not against a Carolina team that, you know, has a weak quarterback or a Tennessee team that's playing in the snow or, you know, a Chicago team that has a terrible quarterback – they have to if they if they come in and they can shut down Tom Brady or Drew Brees, I'll believe it. I'll believe in them. But I, I still don't think like two or three games makes a defense. I, I think they have been stabilized by Chris Barnes having a guy in the middle who uh, knows what he's doing, who may not be a star, but he's a, he's in the right place. And I think that's helped their run defense quite a bit. And I think uh, Snacks Harrison can help them. And if they can develop those two guys, keep keep them on an upward trajectory, then their defense could be better. And maybe we will see uh, the culmination of a, of a really um, huge improvement. So I'm always one prove it to me, and I, I have not been not been convinced yet. Well. That kind of leads to my next question because I was talking about this with Ross Tucker earlier in the show. You know, one potential matchup that we could be seeing here next week, you know, could be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to Green Bay. And, I mean, there's a lot of conjecture and a lot of debate as to how much you want to read into that Packers performance down in Tampa Bay earlier in the season. So if Tampa Bay were to come to Green Bay, Tom, I mean, how do you look at that matchup now and how much stock do you take from that week six game? Well, you can't you can't deny it. You can't throw it away and just say it was an aberration. It was uh, it was the Packers playing the Tampa Bay, and both teams had some injuries, but you know they were they were both hot at the time, and uh, Tampa just totally dismantled them. So. Again, it'll it'll come down to I think uh, Lafleur's ability to handle um, you know what Todd Bowles throws at him. If, if if it does turn out to be that matchup, can they block them? You know that's that's really what it's going to come down to. Can they block Tampa Bay's pass rush because they just destroyed them? Uh, they were too quick, and I, I don't know if it was because they weren't ready for that or hadn't seen that kind of speed or what, but uh, that's another thing they're going to have to prove. They're playing great on offense and they have many options now, even some they didn't have back then. But again, it's, they're going to have to block them and not having Bakhtiari definitely uh, is a negative. 
Yeah, I I agree there, but I am encouraged by the depth of this offensive line, and they have really stepped up in so many different situations this season when there have been injuries to that offensive line. I mean, assuming that there's nothing else bad that happens to the line injury-wise, I am I feel okay that they're going to be fine without Bakhtiari. Um, how how do you feel? Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think their, what their offensive line has done this year has been um, nothing short of remarkable. And I think they lose, you know, Rodgers is going to get the MVP, but the offensive line deserves a chunk of that yeah. because they have kept him clean all year and they've run blocked, they've passed blocked, whatever it's taken. The only thing they've proven they can't do is run against Akeem Hicks. And, and nobody seems to be able to do that. But it's just been uh, game after game, they've been consistent. And it doesn't matter who's lining up where. So uh, I, I think that that'll be a constant. I think Billy Turner could survive at left tackle. I don't think that's a huge drop-off. I think where it affects you is that it takes him away from right guard. And, you know, the combination with with Jenkins, Lindsley, and Turner in the middle was really good. And now you have to bump Turner out, and you're replacing him with a lesser player. Uh, Lucas Patrick is still, you know, he's a battler, uh, but he's not as physically gifted as as Turner. So that's where you just, they're going to have to uh, account for that. And they might have to give Billy Turner help. They might have to give Patrick help. But they just have to uh, you know, play the way they've been playing all year, and I think they'll be okay. Tom, I've got one more for you here. we got about a minute left. Um, can you believe what Aaron has been able to accomplish this season? I mean, he, he's only getting older. Second year under Matt LaFleur in this system. I, I just – I mean, in some ways I'm not shocked because Aaron Rodgers is that good, but at the same time, I mean – I wasn't really expecting an MVP season from him. What what do you say about what Aaron has been able to accomplish this year? Well, I think it's kind of been the, the perfect storm of, as I was saying, you know, the offensive line has been terrific. Right. So from there, he's had great protection. Um, the other thing is that he's bought into LaFleur's offense. It looks like he's 100% into LaFleur's offense. So that he's allowed the offense to help him. And that means running the ball. It means play action. Uh, He's, you know, if if you were to put the tape on from 2011 or 2010, he's not that guy. He's, he's not physically the same guy. You have to go back and turn on the tape, see it, but he's playing so smart and within the parameters of the offense and, you know, seeing all the different options and using all the options. And that's what that offense is about. So yeah, he, he's, I mean, he, he's playing, it is remarkable how high a, a level he's playing at. He is Tom Silverstein. You can check him out on Twitter at Tom Silverstein, as well as the Milwaukee journal Sentinel PackersNews.com. Tom, we always appreciate it. Thanks again. And we will talk again soon. You bet.
Anytime. There he is, Tom Silverstein, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider, they're hiring right now, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. The Bucks back at it tonight against the Pistons. We'll talk a little bit about that next on the Bill Michaels Show. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers staff is back at work today after taking yesterday off. Matt LaFleur on what's the to-do list for the rest of this week and if they'll be scouting the Buccaneers, Washington, the Seahawks, or other NFC teams in the playoffs. We will spend a little bit of time on each team but you know i think this week's a really good opportunity to kind of recharge the battery it's been a long season it's been a long time since we've had a bye week so i do want the guys to take care of themselves not only our our players obviously but our coaches as well and kind of get recharged and ready to go uh hopefully here on a nice run. And Leroy Butler's been named a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton for a second consecutive year. Bobby Bowden was Butler's coach at FSU and was asked if he was surprised when the Packers moved Butler from cornerback to safety. Well, you know, I felt like they knew what they were doing. They know what they're doing. And I think that happens a lot. You see a player, you see a player that can play both. He's good enough to play corner. He's good enough to play safety. And this takes different skills. But he happened to have all of them, you know. Put him wherever you need a good player. Put him in there. And I, I knew they, they know what they're doing. They got it done right. That's former FSU head coach Bobby Bowden in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. We are coming up on the top of the hour here across the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Thanks for tuning in. Radio Joe with you. Bill is off today. Mike Clemens will join us coming up on Friday's show to recap the week as the, uh, again, the Packers can sit back and relax. So the Bucks are going back at it tonight. And coming up next here, we will talk with Craig Kashan of Fox Sports Wisconsin, get his thoughts on the Bucks. Talk a little Brewers as well as we're about a month and a half away from spring training. And really, nothing's happened. But the Bucks, hmm, playing better basketball as of late, which is good. Been saying it, just everyone needs to relax. They go back at it tonight against Detroit at Pfizer Forum. And pay very close attention to what Dante DiVincenzo continues to do. He is having a very good start to the season. And a lot of people are comparing numbers to Bogdan Bogdanovich. And they look kind of similar. Just pay attention to that as we go along. I'm Radio Joe Zenzola. This is The Bill Michaels Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.